Welcome to the Brevard Christian Church Podcast. We hope to encourage you with sermons, stories, and interviews that will challenge you to grow in your faith. Enjoy. Good morning. If you have your Bible, please turn to uh, Romans chapter 13. We're going to read from uh, verse 8. But before uh, we go into the, uh, the Word of God this morning, I, ha- I have a question. With all the stuff that's happening uh, in the world today, doesn't it seem like try to question, you know, uh, kind of questions uh, to, to see where your faith is? Does it challenge your faith at all? If it does, uh, let, me, let me do a little bit of exercise if you don't mind. I want you to take a deep breath. And then let it out. And then do it again. And then let it out. Now, I'm going to be your uh, enemy. I'm going to say to you, you know what? You're worth nothing. You're going to amount to nothing. You are a nobody. Everybody hates you. Everybody cancels you. Now, go back to the exercise. Please take a deep breath and let it out. Did any of that stuff hinder the way you breathe? Why do we value what people think of us? If you are a believer in God, wherever you go, always remember the world is the minority. If he says you are the light of the world, that's exactly what he meant. There's no time for us to try to figure out the struggles that we go through in life. You know why? Because the people need help and we are the helpers. You are the combat medics, the spiritual combat medics in a dying world. There's no time for us to be thinking about how people attack us. It's time for God's word to start attacking the world. Can I get an amen? (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Um, my other question is, is have you ever, uh, if you've been a Christian for five, six, seven years, and uh, <clears throat> you, you, you hit like a, like, a, like a roadblock, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, what does God want me to do now? You know, it seems like I'm not getting any sign. Do, do you ever have that, you know? Like, oh my gosh, you know, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I've read read the word from Genesis to Revelation and again and again and again and it seemed like there is no more revelation. Well, family, I got some bad news for you this morning. Neither do I. I got no new message for you. I have not had a conversation with a burning bush. I have not had a conversation with a donkey. I have not had a trance like Paul or Peter, I have not none of that stuff. So yeah, I got nothing new to offer you. But if you think that you have done exactly what God's word has done to the point where, oh gosh, what am I gonna do now? I tell you what, I am in awe of you because you have literally comprehended God's word which is supposed to be the living word. So if you come to that point, man, you are the man. You are the woman. 
keep that in mind as we read this. Please go to um, Romans chapter 13. And don't forget this too. Remember who is writing the book and remember who the audience is. He's not writing to some weak collection of people. He's writing to a saved group of people. The ones who are the ones who are supposed to be given direction to the lost on where to go and who they need, which is Jesus Christ. So remember, when we are reading this book, it's not just a general conversation like any other book. Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is talking to a gathering of God's people, giving them instructions. He's already went through the whole, the first few chapters of the book on how bad things are. And how God, in his infinite wisdom, saw the state of man and already has a plan. And if you are a believer in, in Christ this morning, you've given your life up to him. Now you're part of the plan. And these are the people who Paul is addressing. Not the church anymore in Rome, because guess what? They're all dead and gone. Now he's addressing Merritt Island. He's addressing Brevard County. He's addressing you. He's addressing me. So when we read this book, please don't take it as a third person. Take it personally. He's writing to you. He says, dear Ford, dear Mark, whoever you may be, this is you, Mike. I'm talking to you. Our family... Um, let me apologize. I'm not yelling at you. Uh, um, I'm just excited about because I, I, I've been studying mega churches and do this for your own benefit. And you can come correct me if I'm wrong. You know why they're big? Because it's a gathering of a bunch of sissies. I'll give you my point. Whoever you are, if you're a mega church preacher, my name is Ford Levy. I worship at Brevard Community Church, our First Christian Church. Yeah, you guys have a gathering of sissies. I can tell you already, when the stuff hits the fan, they're gone. Let me tell you why. Because the majority of the sermons that are taught in those churches is about self-preservation. It's identifying you as a wimp, how you are a victim, how you are weak. We've already passed that stuff the minute you came to Christ because when you died, the wimp died. The idiot died. When I say idiot, talk about me. The one who need help died. And when you were rose again, you were raised in the same spirit that Jesus Christ was raised in. No more time for wimpiness. No more time for victims. It is time to stand up and help the world. That's who we are. That's who Paul is talking to. Now for the fourth time, let's get back to the word. Let's start from verse 8. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I get so excited about this. Let no dead remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. It seems like there is a continuous debt to love, which means there has, I'm going to make an assumption that there is going to be a continuous need of love. If God removes his church from this world, what's left? Is there any more love left? You are love. You are light. You are strength. You are the compass. You are everything that the world needs. Even though they present themselves in all these facades, oh, I got it all together. No. If they don't have Christ, they don't have it together. If you don't have Christ today and you die in the next minute, guess what? You're going to hell. Paul is addressing people who already died to Christ, given their life to Christ. He's talking to saved people, and now he's encouraging us to go tell other people about it. And talk about fulfilling the command. Fulfilling all law. Jesus was asked this question in Mark 22 about the greatest command. And you know what he said? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he adds an extra piece to it. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. I was so grateful to God that he made that verse in there for me because God knew in his infinite mind, somewhere way out in the future, he's going to create an idiot named Ford. Because he knew that young man's going to need a lot of help to be able to comprehend uh, his will. So what does he do? He makes it simple. Ford, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All this whole thing about laws and prophets is nailed on these two commands. So family, God is great. There's no, we, we, we cannot say, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, he's about as many as simple. You can't be dumber than me. It's already there. But sometimes we ask the question, well, well, well what's the problem? What is the problem if, if, if I'm hitting a, a brick wall? Jesus has an answer to that question. It's actually in the Sermon on the Mount, the latter part. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read from verse 21 and following. Just follow along with me, please. And if I'm yelling at you and I offend you, please stop me over there. You can chastise me there. I, I got no pride. I have no pride. This is what Jesus says, right? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in your name, drive out demons, in your name, perform many, many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. And then he continues on. He talks about the wise and foolish builder, right? He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams arose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it has, 
its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it's like a fool, foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against it, the house fell, and boy, was it a great. If you are teaching a cell group, a Sunday school group, or preaching, or, and, 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 and you don't have a lot of people like listening to you, uh, despair not. You know why? Jesus uh, only has a 50-50 graduation class. Moses led a whole bunch of people out of the land of Egypt. Did everybody make it? So, Ford, bring your pride down, man. Calm down. Jesus, and let me tell you about the 50-50 Jesus, his graduation class. It's broken down into categories. Fools and wise. Because he says, everybody had the same information. Everybody got the same. They heard exactly the same amount equally distributed to them. But the class at graduation, there were two kinds. The fools and the wise. What's the secret? Write this four-letter. I came up with an acronym. It's called PITA, P-I-T-A. Put it to action. Put it to action. You see, what happens is, uh, let me give you an example of what Jesus is talking about. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? You know how the Samaritan, they're like the rubbish of the the Jewish community. Uh, That piece of trash, man, he ain't amount to nothing. Well, let me, me, uh, hopefully you see the story in a different light. You see, the teachings of the Samaritans is no more different than the teachings of the Jews. Because they're half Jews. They are exposed to the law. They're exposed to the first book of the Bible. They even call Jacob, Israel, their father, according to the lady at the well. Can I get an amen, brother? And as a matter of fact, that same lady says, you know what? We, we, we heard, you know, us trash people uh, that... Um, This Messiah is going to come and then explain us everything. So you know, the Samaritan had the same teachings as the Jews. But the story goes like this. It says, there was a guy coming down from Jerusalem, fell into the hand of the robbers. And then he says, this is where it's embarrassing for me because my name is Levi. Levi, Ford came around, saw the guy, and oh, oh, excuse me, I'm going to go over here. And the other guy comes in, and what is he? It was a priest? Guess what he, he's still a Levite? So he went to the other side. So two Levites, two failures, man, by two, man, what a bad example. But, but you know, me being a comedian to the guy that fa- fell into the hands of the robbers, you know that guy that comes to church and he sits way at the back there, can't wait for the sermon to be over and bolts out? I see that guy that got robbed like that guy. You know why? Because he said he also came from up the mountain. What's up there? It's the temple. I firmly believe this guy was actually up there worshiping. He's waiting for the service to be over, runs down, and gets mugged. (laughs) Maybe he was trying to get down early so that way he can make it faster than everybody else at Sunny's or something, you know? But the the two Christian people who came down, probably one of them preached a sermon that day. 
and sees the guy. There's opportunity to put it to action, and he stepped out of action. And the next guy comes right in, saw what the first guy did. You know what? If he's going to go to the right, I'm going to move on over to the left. And then it says, when you look at the approach of this, this uh, Samaritan guy, he comes from a different angle. He was coming down the crossroad. He didn't say he came down. He said he's just walking across. And then Jesus asked, because the question was asked by a Pharisee, well, who's my neighbor? Well, that's how the whole story came about. And Jesus goes right to the explanation, telling them, you know. So the Samaritan comes in. He looks at the guy, takes pity on him, fixes his wound, throw him on his donkey, take him over. So much for a Samaritan, a rubbish kind of guy, but he had a donkey. That's like saying uh, this Samaritan pulled up in his limousine, you see, put the guy in his car, drove right by, and didn't even ask, you know, how much is that going to cost me? No, he just said, hey, man, take care of my man. When I come back, I'll pay the rest. So this, this whatever you want to see him, the guy's rich, man. He took action on the guy. The point is this. The Levites, the priests, had the teaching. The Samaritan had the teaching. Fool and the wise. Because Jesus asked the question, who was a neighbor to the man? They wouldn't even say he's, he's a Samaritan. It's probably like, like spitting out sea urchin out of their mouths if they say it was a Samaritan. Oh, it was that other guy. It was the other guy. You see, all three people had the same teaching. One put it in action. So when we ask the question, oh, God, you know, where, where am I at in this world? Well, well, what do you want me to do? You know, I know some people may disagree with me. You don't need no more Bible. I don't need your prayers. I don't need for you to keep coming to church on Sunday if you're not going to do anything to change who you are because there is a spiritual war out there and we need spiritual combat medics. If you're not going to do any of that stuff, prayer is not going to help. Coming to church is not going to help. Fasting is not going to help. The world, man, we just throw all kinds of platitude kind of helping. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody now, we are all here. We, are we not equipped with knowledge? Because I'm about to get to the next step, okay? We, do we have knowledge? We have knowledge. But the knowledge without the P-I-T-A, without the putting in action, equals... Knowledge without the action equals fool, like the foolish builder. Knowledge plus the P-I-T-A equals wise. And I pray, family, that people in all our surroundings, that we are the people who are willing to put it to action. That what separates the graduating class from the non-graduating class. You don't understand? If you don't, you don't believe me, go to Matthew 25. When, when God's angels, they were separating the sheep from the goats. And what did he say to the sheep? Welcome, my good and faithful servant. 
Because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Naked, you clothed me. I was a stranger in your neighborhood, you welcomed me. When I was sick, you came and visited me. Can I ask you something? Do you, can you guys see what I'm trying to say? Or Ford is just on some straight bad drugs. I'm serious. Because I don't want to be the only one uttering out there. And then I go home to my wife, and my wife will tell me, you know what, honey? Nobody know what in the world you were talking about. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a clanging cymbal. Something that just makes noise. You guys have no clue what in the world am I talking about. I don't want to be the guy that comes here in a group of American people, which means I am actually speaking a language. Nobody looks, knows what in the world I'm talking I don't want to be that person. Do we understand what I'm saying? You want to be a sheep? Put it in action. You want to be a goat? Because he actually t- tells me, hey, get away from me. I don't, I don't, I don't know you. Because when I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was, when I was eating him, and the people asked the question, well, Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute. When did we saw you that you were hungry and you were thirsty and all that other stuff? And this is the goats asking. Whatever you did not do to the least of this, you did not do unto me. Whenever you had the opportunity to love me, and you did not. You also did not love me. And he looks at the sheep and he says, guys, they asked, hey, Jesus, when do we do this to you? Whatever you did to the least of these, you also done unto me. Put it to action. So back to the question. God, what do you want me to do? I suggest to you this morning, take everything you know and take a bucket list. I did this, Mark. I did this, Mark. I promise you there's a whole bunch of stuff left that you have not put into action. For instance, just give you, I'm not just going to give a problem. I'm going to give my solution. I have what is called the apple pie outreach. And what I do is that if I have a neighbor who I don't know, I'll throw an apple pie from Publix, wherever, with a couple of jugs of iced tea, and I'll walk, drag my wagon up to them, introduce myself. Like this week, there was a sign of a house that was for sale. Now the sign is no longer for sale. It is safe to assume that the people moving in there are new in the neighborhood. There's your target. Get an apple pie, whatever you have. You don't have to do the apple pie. You can do whatever. Go introduce yourself. Hey, my name is so-and-so. I just want to welcome you to the community. And if you don't have a church, this is the address. This is our church. And I encourage you, if you don't come to our church, find a church. Because apart from Christ, you are just apart from Christ. Number two. Well, Ford, I don't know anything about the Bible. Well, I, I, okay. Ford, in my neighborhood, I have nothing in common with anybody. <clears throat> Do you wear clothes? 
Unless you're the only person that runs around naked, then okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I withdraw that. Do you drive a car? Do you have a house that has air conditioning? So, yeah. I don't want excuses, no. Well, Ford, I, I don't even know much about the Bible for me to go tell anybody. That's what I love about women. I want to set a good example about women. That John 4 conversation between Jesus and that woman at the well. You guys remember that story? <laughs> Let me ask you something. What did she do after she found out all? Oh, my goodness, man. I spoke to God himself. I'm going to go tell somebody, right? I call that the water cooler conversation. Modern day. Let me ask you something. How much schooling Bible study that Jesus had with that lady? Did she come back the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day until, you know, she does it for two years, get her a little AA degree, then she feels confident to go? No. The minute she knew, she went. She put into action what she already heard. So if, you are, if you've been studying for more than a day, you already have way more education on God's word than the woman at the well. And what did she do with it? She ran right on down to the, to the neighborhood and told everybody, and they all came, and they said, hey, no longer because, because you, what, you told us the why we believe. It's because we actually are here, and we are hearing it for ourselves straight from God himself. We don't, need, we don't need a whole bunch of Bible studies for us to go and tell God's word. Take the little bit that you, take the little bit that I have, put it into action. Knowledge apart from putting into action equals a fool. You know, like today it seemed like, oh, when I was hungry, oh, you're hungry? All right, brother, if you're hungry, I'll pray for you. I'm thirsty. Oh, that's okay. I will fast for you. No. You meet the need with what you have. 1 John 3, 18. Brothers, let us not love with just words, but with action and in truth. So if you were to um, take something home today, put Peter. And next time you look at a pita bread, remember, oh, I got to put this into action. We don't need any more. We don't need any more of this and any more of that, any more of that. All we did is just a little bit more or just a little bit of putting it into action. Somebody needs help? Oh, gosh. And you know, the media, the media has caught this. People in Israel, Oh, I bring up the report of all is bad, and, and our thoughts and prayers are with them. You know what a thought and prayer, somebody says to me, for thoughts and prayers, you know what that means to me? TP. That's how I see it. TP. It is so unattached that you throw it out there, thoughts and prayers. I don't need your stinking thoughts and prayers. I'm hungry. Feed me. I'm thirsty. Can you imagine running around getting mugged by somebody and you're buck naked and then you're asking for help and say thoughts and prayers? That's not going to close me. It's getting colder out there. Bring me some stinking clothes. It's not, it's not 
deep spiritual thought. It's simple. Hungry feed, hungry McDonald, hungry Burger King. Naked clothes, the person is cold. Family, you want to grow in life? Put it to action. And when you put it to action, <laughs> man, I tell you, love your neighbor as yourself. Nail it to the cross, man. It is about as simple as that. We come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do that. Just think, imagine yourself in the presence of God if all your reasons is going to be reasonable. Is he going to know you by name or he's going to get away from me for I never knew you? Paul is talking to a church. That's who we are. As we go forth, put it to action. That's what the world needs now. We are so equipped with so much knowledge, we just got to get our hands dirty. Hey, don't be like those people who always come up with uh, ideas on how to do things, and when you observe their, their actions, they do nothing. But man, boy, are they so smart on how to do it. They're very wise. They, they have unlimited ideas on how to do it. But they never get off the couch and do something for anybody. Let us not love with words and in speech, but with action and in truth. Love your neighbor as yourself, and you will fulfill the law, the prophets. Remember, Peter, put it to action. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Brevard Christian Church Podcast. We pray you are encouraged and blessed. And until next time, grace and peace to you.